Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. again. Didn't my wife do awesome? She's incredible. So incredible. I always want to tag her in to come preach the rest of the message. Like, just finish it out, babe. They'll pay attention to you, I promise. Man, I'm thankful for Eli Martinez and Elisa Duebno leading us in worship this morning. Can we give them a big hand? Now, you may not know this, but Blaze and Ashley, Blaze is the guy who normally runs sound for us every Sunday. He's been doing that since I tapped him on the shoulder and he was in college and he didn't know anything about sound. And I said, I want you to be our sound man. And uh, he's been with us and for, for over two years now just as a church and running sound. And Ashley's been leading us faithfully in worship. Well, they got married last Friday. And so we're pumped for them. It was, man, it was a stellar wedding. I'm telling you, she came out singing a song to Blaze. I mean, it was like everybody was crying. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. It was incredible. They're doing well. And um, all of our worship team decided to just go with them and stay in Midland, Texas and not come back. So thank you, Eli. Without you, we would not have worship this morning. So thank you so much for driving up from Corpus to be a part of this. So many life events are happening in our church, and it's, it's just good to celebrate those. New babies, new marriages, new, new people coming to Luminous to check it out for the first time. And if that's you, we are so grateful that you have come to be a part of what we do here on a Sunday morning. We hope that you got enough cake and enough coffee to stay awake during the rest of the sermon. That's our prayer. That's our hope. A lot of life changes. 14 students are headed to youth camp right after this service. And so we have one here because the rest of them are packing and thinking about what they can do and getting ready. They probably couldn't even stay in this service if they were here. So I will be leaving right after service to take 14 students to youth camp. So please pray for me. Pray for me as I drive with them, as, as we laugh and, and they throw back the Lecrae and all this music that I haven't listened to since I was a youth pastor. So... Man, we're thankful for them. God's going to do incredible things. What I want to encourage you to do as a church is to pray for them. Every day, if you could just take out your phone right now. If you would take out your phone with me. Mine's right there. Brandy's going to do this for me. Take out your phone. I want you to set a reminder. I want you to set a reminder at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. every night this week is when the youth students will gather together to worship and hear a message. And we're believing that the gospel will penetrate students' lives. And so I see two phones out. So only two people are praying. There you go. There's a couple more. So set a reminder. And when that alarm goes off, just say a quick 30-second prayer for our youth kids this week. I guarantee you that the prayers of the righteous are effective, aren't they? The prayers of the righteous are effective. I'm excited to be week three with you in the Apostles' Creed. And Jared Gallardo tore it up last week. I mean, he did an awesome job. Can we encourage him wherever you are, Jared? We just love you. 
Hopefully you're hearing that. Man, you are incredible. He did an awesome job. He was so faithful. You, you gotta realize, guys, he's he works 60 hours a week, has a has a new baby girl, and he still had time to prepare a message far better than me. I mean, I just give it up for a guy like that. He's incredible. Um, he's awesome. We're blessed to have him in our house. He talked about Jesus, the Son. The first week we talked about God, the Father. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to use the creed as our blueprint. The creed has existed for over 1,600 years in its current state, in its current form. And it is the Christian doctrine for you and me. If you want to know what we believe, just pull out the creed and start reading it. That's exactly what we believe. It's why there's three I believe statements. I believe in the Father. I believe in the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of us, the Holy Spirit is a little strange, isn't he? He's a little weird. In fact, many of you grew up without really hearing about the Holy Spirit. You, you hear about tongues and prophecy and healing and all these things the Holy Spirit does in your life. Dude, that's that's weird. That's weird. I just I don't want to talk about him. And so maybe you grew up with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Bible. Is that your Trinity? Is that anybody's Trinity? Anybody's perspective in here? Well, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and it's very important for us to engage him as God. If you would, and if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 is what we'll use today to, to talk about the Holy Spirit. And it's the best place to be because you have to see that Jesus is the one actually talking about the Holy Spirit. And he had a bunch of followers. In John chapter 14, Jesus had a bunch of men and women and children following him, listening to his teaching. And they had an idea that, man, Jesus was great. What he was doing is super awesome. He's going around and opening blind eyes and opening deaf ears. Leopards were being healed and he was preaching good news to the poor. Jesus was doing all sorts of things and they thought in this rule, in this Roman rule that Jerusalem was going to be great again. In fact, I'm sure they had signs that said, make Jerusalem great again. And so they were holding up these signs and, and they thought Jesus was their modern day Trump or their modern day Hillary. That he was going to take the kingdom back and Jerusalem was going to be awesome. But Jesus had another plan, didn't he? He had another idea. It wasn't about world domination per se. It wasn't about their agenda or their government or their rule. He came and was telling them of his great plan. Don't you love it? We always love to tell God of our great plans. Have you ever done that? Maybe you did that this week. God, I have a good idea. Right? Have you ever done that? Your dialogue with God, your prayer with God is always like, oh God, this would be great. The lottery is really high. I have a great idea, God. Give me the numbers. Or, or, or maybe you're a single man in this place and, and you, a beautiful woman caught your eye and you said, God, I got, I got a great plan. Got a great plan. Be my wingman, God. Right? So, and, and God's a great wingman. He can do it, but, but maybe more telling God what to do. Maybe ask Him 
what his plan is, what his desire is, what his will is, and watch him lead you. In fact, that's why the Holy Spirit is so great, because he has come to lead you. He has come to lead you. In John 14, 15 through 26, Jesus is saying, put down your, your signs of make Jerusalem great again and listen to this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps my commandments, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, let that be known. Poor Judas, what if you had the name of, what if your name was Hitler? That would just, like Hitler, not the German Hitler. Said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I've spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I want to communicate this morning. My desire is that you would know the Holy Spirit. You would know that he's God and all these points about him. And he's not just the distributor of gifts. He's not this, the distributor of miraculous things. If he were only that, then he would disappear at the end of time. For at the end of time, we don't need any gifts. All we will need is love. But today we need gifts, and we're thankful for that he's the gift giver. But he's more than the gift giver. He is God. And the Holy Spirit is a he. He's a person. It says in verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Have you ever heard of the Holy Spirit and you think of Star Wars? Right? Like, I just need the force. I need, I need more force. Like, give me, come on, somebody give me a lightsaber and let's go. Let's do this. Right? And, and you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come on you like a force. And he moves and bends with your will and your desires. Right? If you were to think of the Holy Spirit only as a force or an it, then you would be using him for your benefit. But if you were to think of the Holy Spirit as he is, a person, a relationship, somebody who can be grieved as Ephesians 4.30 says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were selected for the day 
of redemption. So the Holy Spirit has these feelings. He has this makeup. He has this personality. And he can be grieved if, if you were to engage the Holy Spirit as such. Then perhaps the way that you would approach him would be different than the way you would approach the force. Or anything else that you would use to wield your power. He also has a will. So not only does he have feelings and, and all these things and he can be great, but he has a will. In 1 Corinthians 12, 11, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who points to each one individually as he wills. So the Holy Spirit will will things in your life. He will guide you into all truth and all righteousness. But there's going to be certain moments that he gives you what you need. He knows what you need. I love that the Holy Spirit has knows my will more than I know my will. For Ben Chapman's will is crooked and corrupt. And it is polluted and sinful. But the Holy Spirit's will is holy, pure, righteous. It's for you, not against you. The Holy Spirit is God. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, God. is God. The Holy Spirit is God. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. So one of the verses that we use as a basis to talk about the Trinity. The word Trinity is never used in the Bible. It is a theological term ascribed to these three. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. He's part of the Godhead. We believe in one God, three persons. One God, three distinct persons. And so you have God the Father, you have Jesus the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit. And you're like, that doesn't make sense at all to me. Right? Anybody else? And so we use horrible analogies to describe it like ice, steam, and water. It's like that. But it's not. It's even more complex than that. It's a mystery. One that you should trust. Being God means he's omnipotent. He is involved in the process of creation in Genesis chapter 1. He is involved in sustaining your life. He is involved in the resurrection of Jesus. He's involved in miracles, signs, and wonders. The Holy Spirit is all-powerful. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is the one who authored the Bible. He knows what happened in the past, what is happening now, and what will happen in the future. He is all-knowing, and therefore, he is a great guide. Would you rather have a guide that knows where you're going than a guide who doesn't? You ever gone on a road trip with a dude who won't stop for directions? Like any women want to just, you know, <laughs> show her about their spouse, Right? The Holy Spirit knows, knows where you are going. For me, that's enough just to trust him and communicate with him because I have no idea. He's omnipresent. He is the one who fills the bride, the church, the people in here with his presence. He's come to make a home with you and that's very 
comforting. The Holy Spirit is a filler. Everybody say filler. filler. Not filler. <laughs> he can, he's come to fill you. The Holy Spirit's come to fill you. I was working in the oil field one summer. I only did it one summer because it's that bad. And so, thank goodness, I, I put up together pump jacks for one summer. I was like, I'm going to get a degree. I cannot do this. 110, God bless Martin Compost and all those who've done it for 30 plus years, but it just was not for me. And one summer, my friend and I, we worked with this whole field company and I had no idea why he hired us. I mean, we're just ignorant. We don't know what we're doing. We're breaking things left and right. And, and one time we took the truck to go get gassed up and, and we, we got gassed and we left and the next day the truck wouldn't start. We just put gas in this. What's going on? So the owner of the company put the truck in the shop and found out, put the wrong fuel in it. We put diesel instead of gasoline. Now, to our credit, there weren't green handles those days, but, but I mean, you think we could read, you know? I mean, had a high school education. I mean, surely we could have read. So we ruined this engine because if you put diesel in a gas engine, it will ruin the thing. It will, you'll have to replace the whole engine block. And sometimes we wonder that. We read the Old Testament and we read about the creation of man and we read about the Holy Spirit. And we say, why did the Holy Spirit wait so long to fill people? Why did he wait so long? There was so much destruction and so much death and, and, and there were so many things and there was no, not much guidance. And so the Holy Spirit had to wait for the right engine. You see, if the Holy Spirit would have came into the engine before Christ, before you came to know Jesus, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. But the fact that Jesus did what he said he would do, he lived a pure life, a holy life, he gave his life as a sacrifice as a pure and spotless lamb on the cross and he died and he rose again that we may have life. He would became our atonement. He stood in our place. He said, I'm now giving you access. And as access, we're ready. We're ready. And Jesus says in Acts, I want you to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. But now you believe in me, but wait, the Holy Spirit will come. You're the right engine. He's the right fuel. He has come to fill you. He's come to fill you. 1 Corinthians 6.19 talks about this. He says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? We are a temple. And he's come to fill your house. Have you ever gotten excited when friends come over to your house? Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're a little older and alone. Maybe... You've been alone for some time, and, and when you live alone, you, you like it for a little bit, but, but don't you like company every once in a while? It's like, man, when company comes over, it becomes a lot richer. No longer are you talking to yourself because that'll get old. Um, you're able to talk to other people. You're able to share and laugh and share stories. Life gets richer. Life becomes better, and when the Holy Spirit comes in your house, life gets better. It gets better. It gets richer. It's more joyful. It's exciting. You get to, you get to laugh together and love together. It's an amazing house. And he came to live in you. 
came to live in you. It's so peaceful, so comforting. There's now fellowship with the Father because of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has also come to make you holy. Be holy as I'm holy. If I was holy on my own effort, I would come up short. But with the Holy Spirit, it's possible. Holiness, he's come into your house to make it holy because in his presence, it changes everything. Changes everything. Tim Keller writes about this man who was having an affair on his wife. And, and he would have his mistress come over to his house when his wife was gone on her long journeys. But as she was coming to his house, he had to put down every picture of his wife because that affected the way he would interact with this mistress. And I think for us, it's the same, is that when the Holy Spirit's evident in our life, then we begin to want to begin to turn away from sin. But when we ignore the Holy Spirit, we start laying down things in our house that remind us of the Holy Spirit. Start laying down our Bible and start laying down our prayer time. Start ignoring the Holy Spirit and his leading. Start remaining silent so that we can do what we would want to do. But when the Holy Spirit's in your home, it begins to change you. Begins to affect you. The Holy Spirit brings about conviction. A godly conviction. Godly sorrow. Godly conviction. Leads to repentance for change. Worldly sorrow, worldly conviction leads to repentance for a moment. Don't you want that everlasting repentance in your life? Don't you want to change and chase the Lord? That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is truth. Everybody say truth. truth. That was good. John 15, 26. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. He will bear witness. The Holy Spirit's come to bring truth. The Holy Spirit, as we read, authored the Bible, the, the scripture that we read, 2 Timothy 3.16, scripture is God breathed. The Holy Spirit brings to remembrance all that happened. Luke didn't even, wasn't even around for all that he wrote about Jesus. So Luke studied and was in the conversation with other people, listening very intently as he was beginning to scribe the book of Luke, listening to the Holy Spirit, and it lines up with Matthew. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit will guide you. They say, don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. Let the Bible read you. Have you ever been in a book, a, a self-help book or, or something else? And when it reads you, you're like, oh, that's good. That's good. And then you start to believe it. And you start to change. Well, how much more the power of the Bible with the Holy Spirit? Come on. But without the Holy Spirit, the Bible is just a book. Come on. That's a scary saying because we've held the Bible on our shelves. It's our grandma's Bible. Sits there. We don't read it, but we feel better that it's there. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who illuminates Scripture. He makes it come to life. I'm thankful that we have.
the Holy Spirit to bring us into all truth. The Holy Spirit is a helper. Everybody say helper. He's a helper. As we read this, helper, it's hard to say what helper really means. This Greek word, it's, there's no great English translation for helper, but it basically means that he stands right beside you. He stands alongside of you in the fight. He's not, he's not just coddling you and hugging you and, and making you feel all warm, right? Because that's what we want. We want him to make me feel all warm and happy and the tears and, and, and on the floor crying. Yes, the Holy Spirit will be there. But the Holy Spirit has come to stand alongside of you for the fight. He's come to stand alongside of you. And, and the Greek word means he's come to stand alongside of you and prod you along. He's prodding you along for what? For the mission of God. He's come to stand beside you because God has a great mission, a great co-mission for us that we would go into all the world and make disciples. Yeah, come on. Right. Teaching them about Jesus, all that we've observed. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's come to stand alongside of you in the battle and say, you can do it. You can do it. Don't give up. Go this way. Don't go that way. Fighting off the enemy for you. The Holy Spirit is doing all that. He has prepared you for the mission. And in 2007, I took a group of 12 high school students to Scotland, Edinburgh. 2% of Scotland is professed Christian. And it was our mission. Man, we're going to change Scotland, right? Because when you're young, you can change a city of a million. You know, it's just crazy. It's like, we're going to do this single-handedly. This city's going down for the kingdom. So we went down there, and, and we were doing this ultimate Frisbee outreach, saying, hey, come play ultimate Frisbee with us. We were playing with them for a couple hours, building relationship, building community. The kingdom of God is relational. So we want to tell you how relational it is. And then after that, we're going to go walk to this chapel where we're going to feed you a meal and we're going to share the gospel with you because the gospel has power. Well, day two, all my kids, all my students from Midland, Texas, Odessa, Texas, were just sitting on the street, hanging out with themselves. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, we only have 10 days left. We have to reach a whole city. Like, come on, guys, get with it. So we go back to the hotel. The, Church and all these other youth ministries are doing awesome, which you don't know I'm highly competitive. It's just sad. <laughs> so they're doing awesome, and my guys are like pathetic. And we get back there and we do this circle and just say, Hey, share a frustration. Share a frustration, you know, something good that God did, and share a frustration. Debrief time. It's good. You have less less drama when you do that. So we go around, and I go, I'm gonna start. I'm frustrated at y'all. Man, y'all, y'all stink. Y'all aren't sharing the gospel with anybody. You're just hanging out with yourself on your longboards and your cowboy hats, thinking you're so cool. I didn't say it quite like that. I was just frustrated. And then the Lord reminded me, Ben, they don't have the helper. They, they don't have a helper. All, all these kids but one was saved. And they knew Jesus. Just like the disciples knew Jesus, but in Acts 1, Jesus says, go, go wait in the city. The helper will come. The Holy Spirit will come. 
So they went and they waited. And they prayed and they waited. And there in Acts chapter 2, you can read it later, the Holy Spirit comes in and he fills them. And immediately they were filled with tongues, yes, but more than that, boldness. Boldness. They went out, preached the gospel. 3,000 men got saved. Men. Not even women and children. 3,000 plus. A mega church overnight. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, we need the Holy Spirit. And they're like, yeah, mom, whatever, whatever that is. Yeah, bring it, you know. So I go, Ashley, Ashley, I wish she was here. I'd have her sing it. Sing this song. Your name is like honey on my lips. So she begins to sing. And what happened? What couldn't even be made up. No lights. No, no speakers. The Holy Spirit came in. And our students were filled up. I mean, they were weeping. You heard some of them speaking in tongues. Some prophesied. It was like, what is going on? I don't know. Acts chapter 2, this is crazy. <laughs> After that moment, the next day, all of our students were out there sharing the gospel, sharing about what Jesus had done. They were filled up because they had the helper. I feel like the Holy Spirit sent us on mission. We can't go reach. The 900,000 in San Antonio without the Holy Spirit. Come on, man. We need him to share the gospel. The Holy Spirit is a helper for mission, but also for holiness. And lastly, the Holy Spirit is a great adopter. He adopts you into your kingdom. This past week, we hung out with some friends Micah and Sarah Brown adopted four amazing children. Beautiful. These children look nothing like Micah and Sarah. I mean, you gotta see them. You're like, y'all don't look the same. But you would never know it. These kids act just like their dad. Flat build hat, talking with a West Texas accent. I mean, it's crazy. Like, they're, they're, they look just like them. Same mannerisms. You would, you would think Sarah gave birth to, this, to these girls because they act and talk just like her. The same, the same like DNA came about because of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has adopted you and me. It says that in Romans 8.14. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. And you in 2 Corinthians 2.15 are the aroma of Christ. That we all smell the same. Because of the Holy Spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit I, I see somebody who loves Jesus. And we smell the same. We have the same language, same talk, some same experiences. Isn't the Holy Spirit great? We're going to continue to be a diverse church, multicultural, multi-generational, and build the kingdom by making disciples 
and let God grow this house, grow this church. We need the Holy Spirit. We have to have him. Without him, it doesn't make sense. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, you are so good. God, we thank you for your church and the privilege it is to be a part of it. God, I thank you for everybody that you brought into this theater to hear about you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being so good for us, not against us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would listen intently to your will, to your leading. Father, I pray that whatever people came in with today, maybe there's some conviction going on inside of them. Maybe there's some moments where they're putting down pictures of God so that they can continue in a life that they want to live in. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just illuminate that and say, I love you. Let me in. Welcome me. Let me make my home with you. I promise you won't regret it. We love you, Jesus. I've asked Elisa and Eli just to come up and just sing this chorus one time. And I think if you mean that, if you mean that the Holy Spirit is here, and you're welcome here, then, then just whatever your posture is, to welcome him. Sometimes it's like, come on in. <laughs> come on in to my house. What's up? Whatever it is, let's invite the Holy Spirit through song. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.